another another question here for turn back the clock episode 18 um here's here's something i want to bring up uh let's title this one chasing special cardboard you like how i did that chasing card but chasing special (laughs) cardboard now what i what i mean by that um this is something i want to pose so there's a lot of different like segments in the hobby right there's um you know a lot of people cross over different segments but you do have some people that like only collect pre-war cards or they only collect vintage or then there's some that only collect ultra modern stuff or they only collect 90s cards 90s inserts and stuff like that um or the junk wax era you know they, there's people that like to that the collect and, and buy cards from that era and i think one of the things that i see that is common with all the different errors is not everyone i, I never want to say everyone because there's always exceptions stuff but I, I think the large majority of the hobby uh i see people regardless of what you buy and collect uh people seem to have a gravitation towards special and what i mean by that is rare or something that sets a card apart from the rest of those cards or rest of cards in general uh, so here's here's some examples you know pre-war i think that's the ultimate example and not it's not just pre-war but a lot of the the real old cards from pre-war and, and, and on back and so forth they're just rare in themselves you know so regardless of condition or or grade or, or whatever you know people who collect those they basically there's chase cards in themselves right so just finding any any card of a certain card uh is hard so it could be a chase you could go years searching for a card and it finally pops up um so that's like the probably the purest form of it uh, but then you know you as you move forward into vintage and so forth you know people do use grading to create rarity so a card in itself might not be rare but it might be rare in a psa 8 or a 9 or above um, so that's one way that I think grading too can create um, more of a chase because people are looking for a chase that you don't want to just whatever you want to collect. You don't want to be able to just go buy them all on eBay in a day and then it's over. All right. Well, what now? You know, you want to kind of space it out and, and have it be like, a, 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 if you can, a lifelong thing. So grading is one. Uh, but one of the things that, that you do, you collect, uh, let's say, cards that aren't rare in themselves, but you're, and I do this too, but you definitely do this, uh, is you look for cards that have the eye appeal that you're looking for. So like you've talked about before, there could be a card that there's thousands of them, a vintage card, but maybe only five to 10% of them are centered, right? So in that, you can create a chase uh, by collecting the way you want to collect. So I'll give it off to you now. I got a few more examples, but um, what, are you, what are your feelings on that? Do you see a commonality in that across all areas of collecting that people want special they want rare uh regardless yeah. of what they collect no no doubt since we were kids we wanted the rare stuff we wanted the sp jordan out of the upper deck box we wanted the um you know the autographs from upper deck the upper deck heroes autographs we wanted the elites the the special cards are no doubt um they're more special because not as many people can own them I think I really want to focus on how I'm collecting and the vintage thing that everybody seems to miss the mark on. I mean, I won't, I'll say everybody, but obviously there's exception to everything. I, everything, but people miss the mark. The rarity. Yes. Is also in the grades. Okay. So here's an example. I'm going to give an example. 
This is the Ernie Banks second year car, 1955 tops. This one is pretty much absolutely perfectly centered. This card's a really hard, hard card to find centered, first and foremost. But first, let me give you guys the pop reports on this actual card from PSA because PSA has done more. So PSA, there's 3,444 copies of the Ernie Banks graded. So then you add on SGC, probably another 1,000. Say there's 5,000 maybe graded or maybe more. Regardless, that's a decent amount. So the card is not rare in a graded form, and it's definitely not rare in an ungraded form. And everyone talks about it. They're just not rare. They're printed tons of them. Yes, but when you bite the bullet and you realize where the rarity comes in, the next thing is you go to the 10. So PSA 10, this is where the rarity, if you want to collect this way, if you're a rich person, you can collect this way. PSA 10s, there are zero. I don't know how many SGCs there are. There are zero. And I know it's there's zero because centering is a huge issue in this, in this card. Nines, there's only 18. And I have seen some nines that are not centered. They have a diamond cut to them. And a lot of them have diamond cuts to them. So you've got 18 of those. And those are probably 20 grand each. Um, I'm just totally guessing off the top of my head. Super rare super hard to find you know to have that but if you have money you could buy one tomorrow um psa 8 there's only 173 and this is psa's only 173 but let me tell you about those psa 8s most of them probably 95 percent of them are not centered this card nonetheless in a 4.5 is perfectly centered and this is comparable to finding a PSA 9 or a PSA 10 because of the centering. You could go through a thousand Ernie Banks 1955 cards and maybe find three that are perfectly centered. And that is the rarity in vintage. And that's what I am focusing on. It is not the grade because I can't afford to play in the rare grade category. And the rare grade category it, it really, the nines and tens are the only ones that you can really buy sight unseen and know they're going to look pretty dang freaking spectacular. Centering is going to be really close, um, if not perfect on the tens. And nines, they're, they're, you can buy them on sight unseen, but you got to be a millionaire to play in that market. The mortals in this world, we can go on hunts and find cards that are super rare. And finding a well-centered, a perfectly centered vintage card of any player is really hard in any grade, let alone when you're trying to focus on anything from sevens and belows because eights and above are just ridiculous. Um, but I will look at the sevens. I'll look, I mean, I'll look at the eights. I'll look at the nines and just look just to see. And I find copies that look better centered. And that is the mark that everyone seems to miss. The rarity and vintage isn't the card. It's the centering. It is the dang centering. And I can't stress that enough. And what I've learned over the last year and a half of doing this is it is insanely hard to find cards centered. And well, some and, are and easier to find than others. Though. Let me jump in. I want to I yep. play devil's advocate a little because I, I agree with you. I mean, you know that. But well, I think what the beauty is in the hobby is that you know, and the larger point here is 
the great thing is you can you can find different ways to chase that rarity, right? You could do I do I think it's a smart financial move to be buying off-centered PSA eights and nines? And <laughs> no, but some people that, that that's that's how they want to do it, right? And some people might say, well, I don't I don't care about centering. I like sharp corners. That's why I want those high high grades. Um, so, but either way, whether we agree or it doesn't matter, it's that it's a commonality, right? Like people are trying to find ways within the hobby to chase rarity in their own lane. So whether it's the card itself, whether it's the grade, whether it's the eye appeal, or even like what I do, like I cross all these different eras. I do, I do what you do with vintage. Like I go, I go for the eye appeal that I look for, uh, and centering is the, the biggest one for that. Um, but I also collect cards from the junk wax era. You know, I, I have a Larry Bird run of cards and most of them are PSA 10. And some people will be like, oh, that's a you know waste of money or whatever. But my counter argument to that is not that I need to have a counter argument, but the reason if, if you kind of want to get into the head of another collector as to why they collect certain things, I go for the grade during that time period because it wouldn't have been a chase without that. Right. Like if I want to Larry Bird's my guy, I, that's the guy I want to collect. I can't control when his cards came, you know, during time. Most of his cards came through the junk, junk wax era. So if I just said, oh, I want to get every Larry Bird uh, card, right, from his playing days, I could go on eBay right now and do that, uh, get lower condition ones and ungraded, and I could get them for, you know, some of them are a dollar, right? But if I want to say, all right, well, let me try to get them in, um, you know, high grades, nines and tens, um, then it's a chase. Then I, they're not on eBay right now, right? You got to wait till they pop up. Or, or So for me, that's that's part of the fun. And also, you know, from a financial standpoint, I think, you know, it's it's not a great way to stretch your hobby dollars, but long term, maybe, you know, maybe that will uh, go up in value. Who knows? But that's not why I do it. It's more of from a collecting standpoint. It's more attractive to me. It's more of a chase during that time period. Um, I'm not chasing PSA nines and tens and vintage doesn't doesn't make any sense, you know, for me. But yeah. then then I go to the next era where I collect like Pedro Martinez. Here's an example of. Uh, this is a card I just picked up recently. I'm, I'm going to get it graded by PSA. This is a 2000 star rubies. So really cool looking um, parallel insert, whatever you want to call it. Just a really cool card. I appreciate all the errors. And this card is numbered to 100. So it's it's already, uh, it's manufactured rarity, but it, you know, it's a, it's a serial numbered rare card. Uh, there's only 100 of them. So for me, I'm going to send this in and I have no idea what it's going to grade, whether it grades a six or a 10, maybe whatever for me, I'd like a 10. Sure. Why not? But if it gets a six, I'm okay with it. It's still, it's still a great collectible because the card's already rare. How much rarer do I need it to be? I don't need to be like one of ones or any of that stuff. Like it's serial number to hundred. So for me, the grade, whatever, whereas I go back to the eighties with Larry Bird. Yeah. I want to get a PSA nine or a 10 if I can. So it just that's kind of how my thinking changes based on the era and the type of card I'm going after. And then, um, you know, you go into ultra modern where it gets crazy with all the parallels and stuff. But same idea, you know, with the one on ones and the, and the inserts and parallels, um, you know, you can you can chase rarity. Uh, some might not agree that it's rare because there's a bunch of one on ones of the same player. But, you know, it's still a way to collect. <clears throat> it's still a way to collect where you feel like you're chasing something which as probably most of us would agree, that's part of the fun of, of the hobby is, is that chase. So um, I just, I feel like this, we all have that in common, really. You know, there's all these like different segments, right? Like, oh, these guys over here, they're doing all this, they're chasing the grade, or these guys collect 
beat up cards that I that I don't want anything to do with. You know, it's, I hear this back and forth, but really we're doing sort of the same thing. <laughs> if you really think about it in different yeah, ways. I, I think, uh, well, dude, that was well said. You nailed it. Every era is going to be different and you have to collect every era differently because yeah. they are so different. Um, and the collectors in those eras collect the cards differently. So you have to think about that stuff. Um, going back to like the vintage, like if you wanted a night, if you want a 1955 tops banks, you can have it in one second. It's not like you have to go on a hunt. You can just buy it. Okay. You, it's not, there's, there's plenty of them. The rarity in like, for me, the modern, the ultra modern stuff is not only in the grade itself, but you have to be really choosy on what cards you buy. And I'm not an expert and I'm new at collecting the ultra modern stuff. I used to rip packs for days and days, but the rarity, like when I look at a card, what I've changed my concept of rare and it goes back to how many parallels are in the product itself. And like this heritage in 2021, there's seven different Chrome parallels, not that many. So this card now officially is rare in my mind because there's only a super refractor. There's a gold number five. I have the black here. There's only 72 of these in the world. Then there's the red, 372. Then there's the refractor, 572. Hot box purples, they don't number. And Walmart blue sparkles, they don't number. But only seven parallels and the rest are just regular base cards and or they have variation things but for the chrome version the numbered versions in heritage there's only seven different ones so i'm really diving really deep in the heritage because they're so much harder to find the rarity and that's what i'm chasing in the modern the ultra modern stuff you call it is the numbered rarity and not only just the numbers because lots of things are numbered it within the set how many parallels are there like tops they have I didn't look, but probably 30 parallels. So the heritage to me, but they also make more products. So I still think like a heritage for me is the safe bet for rarity. Um, it's just each era era is so different. I, I go, I look at a card like this. This is the only one ever graded in the on, on the whole planet. No SGCs. I mean, maybe BVG, but no PSAs. The only one. No SGCs. This doesn't make it valuable. This is the one of the greatest maybe the greatest home run hitter of all time sadahara oh 1961 it's a it's a card slash playing card and i have the only one i didn't buy this knowing that i bought this for 100 bucks i had no idea that this was the only one ever graded and it doesn't make it more valuable that's the thing rarity there's like it doesn't make it more valuable within itself it's it, there's so much more that goes into it, it the collectability of the card itself um, there's, there's a lot of older vintage stuff that I might never, ever get into. I'm not interested in it now. Maybe I will one day that guys collect cause it's rare because their pops are low, but it doesn't mean it's going to be more valuable in the future. And no, that was for a lot just, of things. There's no guarantee. Cause there's a lot of low supply, low demand right out there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, but that's okay. You know, the, the, the idea though is, and people, some people are cool collecting that cause they, I, I don't even I'm not even really factoring in financial value with any of that. I'm just talking about styles of collecting where it's pretty common and all across all areas that people want to collect something that they view as special, right? 
and even the guys, you know, the, or the, the people who collect uh, common common stuff, right? There's a lot of, there's Base nothing, cards. let's say, rare about it. I would argue a lot of those people that were there, they, they're collecting um, real extensive collections. There might be a lot of non-rare stuff in there, but the totality of the collection is special. If you have, you know, every, every tops card from the 1980s, you know, most of those cards are going to be not rare, right? There's millions of them, right? But if you have all of them <laughs> or that's how you're chasing it, you know, each card you buy is 10 cents or whatever, but your whole collection, you might be one of the only people out there that have that whole totality of that collection. And then your collection in itself is rare or special. So there, again, there's all different ways of doing it. I think, um, you know, it's just, just what you enjoy the most doing. And yeah, it's not, it doesn't mean it's going to be valuable just because it's rare, but I think the psychology is, I think that's the, the biggest question is why, why do we all sort of chase what we find as special or rare something in our brain, right? Like we want stuff that not everyone can have, right? Like, uh, yeah, it's just interesting to me to think about. And part of it is like me trying to understand myself. Uh, yeah. Why do I want to seek out collectibles that are rare or special in, in some way? And uh, maybe that's just how the brain works. I don't know. But it's funny because we all sort of do it in our own way. Yeah, I, I like that you said, you know, someone who collects like base cards or something. Yeah, when you have all of them, that is a rare feat. Yes. You know, it, it is really cool. And there are so many different ways and methods and thought processes that go behind everything, every decision we ever make, right? 